0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hartis, and Today, we continue our Fantasy Files series, second to last one, people, with a look at what keepers we should be looking for in redraft leagues. I mentioned this at the end of the Wednesday pod with Dwayne. Please check that out if you haven't already. We go through everything that happened in week one of the preseason. But basically, you know, I'm... I'm in all types of leagues, and I'm sure a bunch of you out there have different formats as well. And the keeper league, I think, is one of the more interesting ones. You know, we have our redraft, where it's just one and done. We pick a new squad. We have Dynasty, where we have that squad team forever. And then there's that weird in-between area, the keeper, where you can keep one or two guys at usually the value they cost next year for those that haven't played. For example, if I drafted Kareem Hunt in the 10th round last year, theoretically, I can now keep him again this year. I just lose my 10th round pick. Some leagues bump it up a spot uh, so i would lose my ninth round pick other teams uh, i saw one person dm me they had it so anyone after like round seven just gets that seventh round pick because sometimes you know uh, i'm in a eight-man league i know lame lame but i got antonio gibson like the 15th pretty huge advantage so if you had that you know round seven or later everyone just counts as losing your seventh round pick that might be a good way to kind of uh, remove the extreme um discretions from your player pool like that but basically. Going through my leagues last year and this whole keeper idea, I just noticed that, you know, I I got Gibson, Dobbins, and uh, another rookie on like one team and I was checking out all the potential keepers and it just got me thinking like, how often do running backs start to blow up in their second years and like, and is that ADP swing something that we can maybe prioritize in these sort of fantasy football formats? So first of all, yes, second year running backs generally ball the hell out compared to a lot of other positions uh, in that year. Last year, I did a study where I looked at every top 24 performer at every position from 2010 to 2019 and at running back in year two, 16% of the top 24 people are performers were second year running backs. Year three was 21%. And if you just look around the rest of the positions, I mean, those are two of the strongest correlations we have uh, in the entirety of, you know, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and trying to find where their jump years are. So veteran quarterbacks, 10 plus years tend to do. Pre- Pretty damn well. Same thing with the tight ends. And we also see a nice leap for third year receivers. Those are the only ones over 16%. And we also see third year running backs go to 21%. So second and third year running backs have been the cream of the crop in fantasy land. And so with this in mind, I went ahead and looked to see what sort of relationship we can expect from our players' ADP in year one and then going ahead to year two. First of all, a couple things with the study that i had to do i'm only looking at top three round running backs because the, remember the goal here is for us to get a player that can help us in 2021 and then be a huge value in 2022 drafting like sixth or seventh round running backs because you think the depth chart looks fine next year that's probably not helping you this year at all and that's also taking a massive leap of faith that you know our ability to forecast the future is going to be correct 12 months down the road so uh you know one of the studies i did earlier this summer was looking at how draft cap can help show us how fancies how rookies will be in fantasy football and it's incredibly correlated if you just ignored every single rookie evaluation profile you've ever seen and blindly followed draft capital at least for fantasy you'd be in a pretty good spot because 80 percent of top performing rookies which for quarterback is top 12 tight end top 12 running back wide receivers top 24 80 percent every single position were drafted in the top three rounds over the past decade so we have some exceptions there's just not that many these are the only running backs that have posted top 24 rookie production that weren't drafted in the top three rounds since 2010? Roy Halou, Zach Stacy, Jordan Howard, Alfred Morris, Philip Lindsay, and James Robinson. So we either had guys like you know James Robinson or Philip Lindsay just fall into these really just wide open backfields, or we had guys like Alfred Morris, Roy Halou, Shanahan coaching them jordan howard zach stacy also fit that uh you know just having the wide open backfield pretty much uh, laid out for him so i'm only looking at rookie running backs in the top three rounds of drafts and seeing how their adp changed from year one to year two ideally this will give us a solid rookie performer at a reasonable cost that then we can get the adp to spike in year two ideally but we gotta check the numbers and spoiler alert i guess i'm not spoiling it i'm telling you right now in the middle of a podcast it looks very good for taking these rookie running backs with the intent of keeping them ahead in year two. Uh, just so you know, I did remove some guys like TJ Yeldon, Ronald Jones, who just weren't even good enough to have an ADP in the first place. Also, had guys like Cam Akers, Deontay Foreman have injuries in their second season or even their first season in uh, De- Deontay's case, unfortunately, where they just didn't apply from the pool. So, just a handful of guys I threw out to get about my 35 player sample and people. 28 of 35 rookie running backs drafted in the top three rounds since 2015 saw their ADP increase into the next year. 28 of 35, and the only real exceptions we had were Rashad Penny, Clyde edwards Hilaire. Those are the only first down backs to see their ADP actually drop since uh, 2015, and then also Amir Abdullah. Unfortunately, couldn't keep that uh, you know year one preseason momentum going, and then finally Tevin Coleman, Daryl Henderson, Dave Montgomery, and Royce. Freeman. those are the only seven running backs to have their ADP decrease now we had some stay the same you know sit at zero but by and large people we have just seen some major rises out of this group Alvin Kamara was the RB 52 going into his rookie year next season he was the RB 5 David Johnson went from RB 46 to RB 1 Antonio Gibson's RB 34 to RB 12 That's what are some of the other really big ones Nick Chubb went from RB 49 to RB 8 Miles Sanders RB 29 to RB 10 Todd Gurley from RB RB twenty-seven, the RB two, like the differences are just absurd with some of these. And just so we're clear, I'm going by position rank here. I know I'm saying ADP, which is usually overall. I'm just saying positional RBs. Todd Gurley was the 27th ranked RB, going to his rookie year. The next year, he was second overall. Unfortunately, didn't meet that. For those that can remember uh, some of those Jeff Fisher Rams years, but you get the point. It's truly just been a great system for identifying players to keep in the next round. So all in all. we're we had the first round running backs average plus 5.3 spots moving up in the running back ranks second and third round qualifiers went up plus 9.2 spots on average overall regardless of draft round plus 8.1 so really people plus eight spots for these running backs that's huge that's in position ranks so that's honestly going to cover usually two to three rounds and overall uh you know just draft positions so what we, what we can do with this now is try and make it actionable for 2021 so um, we unfortunately only had four main running backs this year only four running backs were drafted in the top three rounds again we're only looking at those guys i'm not saying michael carter Ramondre stevenson i'm not saying these guys can't make a good impact in year one and then be sole keepers and the future if you find one of these guys I mean I listed the group for you you know if you have your James Robinson or your you know Alfred Morris back in the day your Roy Hillu if you're lucky enough to get one of these shots in the dark late in the draft anyway then great you got the guy and go ahead and keep him I'm just saying we can't make a habit chasing exceptions particularly not in the upper rounds of drafts so focusing on the top three round rookies first up we have Najee Harris current ADP he's the RB10 based on what we've seen historically we would look at him potentially as the RB5 going to next year year I I can see it. He's going so steep right now with only rookie running backs. We've actually seen boast a higher ADP than Najee since 2015 are Saquon, Zeke, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. With that said, it's all about the volume, people, and Najee's going to have more of it than just about anyone. In 2000, there were 19 running backs with at least 300 touches. In 2020, there were just four. So Najee does look like a strong candidate to join that crew, and I think he's a perfectly good pick in the second round of these drafts. So not the best sleeper in the world. Usually, we're looking for some one we can get you know double digit rounds or at least you know six seven eight that's going to be going in round one or two at the same time you know i've had some people just say hey i had mccaffrey in the first round last year should i keep him again because you have christian freaking mccaffrey Najee harris is fitting the bill of someone like that where well, you're going to want him on your team worst comes to worst if you drop Najee in the second round i think he's certainly going to still look like a great value at that spot next year now for some of the good stuff. Travis Etienne, current ADP RB 24, projected, you know, positional ADP based on that plus five increase we've seen from first round running backs with slot him as the RB19 in 2021. And I I think that's the floor, people, because if we see this backfield convert to ETM like we think it might as the season goes on, I mean he's gonna be a top 12 back going into year two with Trevor Lawrence and company next year. The pass catching potential for him is just so huge. So we didn't exactly see the you know slash Percy Harvin role come to fruition doesn't mean it won't I mean we saw Chip Kelly you know run a real just pedestrian version of his you know fast-paced offense in the preseason we saw Cliff Kingsbury openly say he was trying to hold stuff back as well maybe we see ETM get to start in the slot once the season starts and there's this whole role just out there for him either way it's a situation where we have a first round running back going as the rb 24 and just historically that's not something we see all that often i mean look Gurley was the rb 27 sony michelle was the rb 35 Rashad penny was the rb 37 those are the only first round running backs since 2015 that were cheaper than etn you know even guys like jacobs fournette i mean they're both going top 20 bovin gordon went as the rb 23 and wind up working behind danny woodhead like etn just relative to a lot of these other first round running backs we see in fantasy is going cheaper and a lot of that is because of James Robinson and even to a lesser extent Carlos Hyde being involved in this backfield I understand James Robinson is not going anywhere Carlos Hyde certainly seems like someone that you know wouldn't be shocked if he's not even involved this year that much and particularly next year i'd be very surprised if he's even brought back into the equation jack wires can save two million against the cap by releasing him at some point in 2022 so for etn i think you're getting a player priced at a reasonable spot as it is legit has the potential for 60 plus catches and if we can get that in fantasy land pretty much a cheat code in full point per reception formats and again next year if we see them just go to etn and say hey we drafted you in the first round you're our bell cow you know james robinson we appreciate you but hit the bench young one this is the etn show again he's gonna be a top 12 pick so etn remember he's in the rb dead zone so i'm not taking him a lot of times in best ball and normal redraft as well kind of where he's going in that five fifth sixth round area but in keeper territory i think he does deserve to you know jump ahead of the mike davis's know, definitely the miles gaskins he's well off the dead zone picture by now the miles sanders of the world i just think you know if it's a tiebreaker between etn and a couple of these other guys in that area yes look ahead to 2022 take etn the big two winners here and these are the guys we need to focus on though are going to be Javante Williams and Trey Sermon for very similar reasons we have Javante going as the RB 29 at the moment Trey Sermon going as the RB 32 these and just so we know, these ADPs are courtesy of Fantasy Football Calculator, which is you know trying to do redraft best ball. Completely different game. I understand you know why the ADPs are different with these guys. Either way, that's what I'm going off of here. But so Javante and Sermon both project to be top two backs in their backfields. I've heard a lot of you Sermon truthers on Twitter. A lot of you think he'll be the number one before too long. Javante shares a similar sentiment with uh, Melvin Gordon, not exactly being in the fantasy community's best graces. But looking ahead. To what could happen in 2022 for both is where things get very interesting because for Javante, Melvin Gordon, unrestricted free agent, Royce Freeman, unrestricted free agent, even Mike Boone, like the Broncos could save 1.2 million. If they decide to release him at some point in 2022, maybe Freeman comes back. Boone should be there. Like they're going to have more than just one running back on their entire roster on their entire roster. Either way, like they traded up high into the second round to get Javante services, seemingly with the intention of featuring him at some point during his rookie contract. Sure. looks like that will be in 2022. Once Melvin Gordon is likely playing elsewhere. So, again RB 29 for Williams is more than understandable right now I have him ranked about seven eight spots higher just hoping that he'll take over this backfield at some point am I getting a ton of him in that RB dead zone in best ball land no I'm not but in redraft land I think if he can get Javante in sixth seventh round even later potentially if we're talking like an eight or ten man league sign me up because Javante fits the mold of someone that we're going to see potentially cut his ADP at least among the positional ranks and even maybe overall in half by this time next year like we want to talk about the Aaron Rodgers saga and where he could go if you don't think Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater could be the Broncos quarterback next year there's a good chance of someone that we're a lot higher on if Javante is the future warhorse there you know you don't need me to tell you that this dude could be flirting with a top 10 top 12 valuation by 2022 and then for Trey Sermon it's the same thing it's almost just even more uh you know obvious because Raheem Mostert Wayne Gallman Jermichael Hasty, and Jeff Wilson every single one of them is an unrestricted free agent in 2022 so hey as Much as you know, I've told you guys all about Raheem Mostert, he's one of my guys. I think the fact that all anyone can say negatively about the guy is that he's going to get hurt at some point. Yeah, I'm going to buy him now because that's not a good enough reason for me. Raheem Mostert, what happens if he doesn't get hurt? We have one of the league's fastest players as Kyle Shanahan's RB1 poised to rack up touches. With that said, you know, he is 29. I admit his injury history is not the most ideal of anyone out there. It could go right for Sermon in a big way in 2021. 2022 is where we could be looking at Kyle Shanahan's undisputed starting RB1 as Trey Sermon. So, I mean, it could make his RB32 valuation look like a joke at the moment. So to see Sermon going almost in the bottom range of the RB3 territory, I mean, he could be a top 10 running back this time next year. If Mostert's gone, if Gallman's gone, if Wilson's gone, if Shanahan really just starts hyping up the Trey Sermon train, we could see this valuation look like an absolute joke. So like Williams, though, I think Sermon is, you know, he fits the mold of someone that helps us in 2021 and he has league winning potential in 2022 because the last three years, as muddled as the 49ers committee system has been, Matt Breida, lead RB in 2018, finishes as the RB 26. Raheem Moster in 2019, RB 26. Jeff Wilson in 2020, RB 31. Like that's why I'm that's why the answer to Moster versus Sermon is just yes, take them both. Both guys are being drafted at the floor from what we expect by Shanahan back. If the Trey Sermon usage in week one of the preseason told us anything, it's that Wayne Gallman should not be in the picture and make this a three-back committee. So, to me, Mostert and Sermon are great values at their ADP. And honestly, if I'm in a keeper league looking ahead to next year, I probably would prioritize Sermon slightly ahead of Mostert. You know, try to get them both. Like I think they're both good values at that range. And, I mean, this offense should be spreading it out potentially even enough to feasibly start both in the same lineup. I just think, again, having that keeper, because who who knows what, ha- what is happening where he where he Mostert next year? And I love the guy, but I love the guy for 2021. Once we add that keeper scenario, if it's just Sermon versus Mostert in the eighth round, and I can keep whoever I pick for next year, yeah, I got to take Sermon there. So same thing with Javante Williams. So prioritize these guys and really look ahead, you know, in the next year for this. Because we don't need to go quite as crazy as some of the dynasty folks out there. But I really think Javante and Trey Sermon. You know, if you're going off the usual build that a lot of us seem to be loving which is get your anchor rb early try to get one of the big three tight ends and then just load up with dope wide receivers if you can get sermon or javante just as your rb2 in round seven or eight yeah it might take a couple weeks for them to really get fed but you can find other guys and you know down the down the road damian harris you know even like tevin coleman you can find a cheap running back here and there to get you through the weeks where sermon and javante maybe don't have a featured role again it's that 2022 upside paired with the floor that we are are getting in 2021 that makes sermon and devonte two of the best mid-round running backs you can land in fantasy football leagues with that keeper attached so hope that helps you all out i've gotten a bunch of you know just questions throughout this offseason about the you know just who should i keep out of these guys in general i would just say look at it because you know, i'm trying to get to all the questions but if i miss it out or if you don't ask me just Look at the picks and see where those guys are going right now. If it's Christian McCaffrey in round one versus Antonio Gibson in round nine, you're absolutely taking Gibson because the chances of you getting Gibson in round nine are zero. The chance of you getting McCaffrey in round one, you know, if we have 12 teams, it's, uh, what, 0.08? Oh man, having to do math right here live in the pod. Pretty sure I messed that one up, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Just look at the difference in projected ADP versus where they're going, and that's what's going to tell you. Point oh eight three. Okay, I was pretty close there with the one twelfth decimal. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I, you know, I hope you all have some fancy drafts coming up. You know, I've been trying to get you guys ready all throughout the off season. I will have my top three hundred released on Friday. Also, going to be talking to Dwayne McFarland again while. We'll Podcast up on Friday going over our top draft strategy for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, who is the guy we don't want to let get away in each of those position groups, and also breaking down where, you know, a fade that we don't really want at value. So please check that out. Again, I think it will be very helpful right before we get to these drafts. Also want to point out that Fantrax is free fantasy football league manager, is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature rich platform in the entire industry. And PFO is gearing up to play our leagues on Fantrax this season. If you're coming from another site, That is no problem. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues completely free. So create a free account now using promo code PFF at Fantrax.com slash PFF and get a chance to win a trip to any regular season game this year for you and your entire league plus $6,000 people six grand i've been saying vegas is the move but i don't know miami could be fun go and like, you know december miami home game and just go get that warm weather why not you can imagine promo code pff at fantracksfantracks.com slash pff again you can win a trip to any regular season game this year for you and your entire league plus six grand gotta love that i also want to point out that pacquiao versus ugas is this week i'm sorry if i botched that name i'm not a boxing guy i'm an mma guy but i respect pacquiao and you, you king stay kings pacquiao certainly a king and draft king's sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app is offering 100 to 1 odds on a punch being landed at any point during the fight that's right bet 100 on either fighter and if a punch lands during the fight you will cash 100 in free credits i think the only way you get screwed remember that boxer it was like a hilarious meme still kind of is two or three years ago fight starts and he literally just walks out of the ring and walks straight back up the ramp unless that happens we should be good to win a hundred dollars here so download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code pff when you sign up to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in free credits when you bet on either fighter to win and a punch is landed during the fight place your bet and watch fist fly this weekend as code PFF, turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT that's going to wrap up this edition of pff fantasy football podcast again always appreciate you guys tuning in uh in the upcoming weeks we're gonna go down quickly for you know the two three weeks before the season we got going go back down to three podcasts per week they'll be longer so i I think you guys can still hear my voice whenever you want to feel like it but with that said we'll go down to three per week once the season comes we'll have podcasts out monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday pretty much every day of the week a lot of good stuff on the way and again we'll keep trying to get that fantasy football championship on your Mantle here in 2021. So I'm Ian Harditz and until next time, take care everybody.